Today's episode is brought to you by, you guessed it, dying and getting resurrected to another world. Oh no. Who would have thought? Do you find yourself unappreciated in your normal life? Too good at what you do and what you do isn't very nice? Well, you're in luck. The guy you just fired wants his revenge and introduces you to his good friend, Train Chop. A relative of Truck Coon. Very close relative. Now you're dead and going to be resurrected in a brave new world by a god you don't believe in. Well, this should be fun. <laughs> resurrected to another world. Here we go again. Today. <laughs> Ladies and gents, weebs and weebets, welcome to another edition of Nunny. <gasps> This is the podcast where we pull up our chairs, open a couple cold ones with the boys, and talk about the finer points of anime. Yeah. So today, I, watcher of anime, soon to be owner of Light Up Weeb Glasses. All right. Mike, am your host. Join with me as always is other watcher of anime. Singer of the Dragon Ball theme. Person who will observe the one with the gleaming glasses. <laughs> Chris, thank you for joining me. Hi! <laughs> and so by our by our sponsor today, that's right, we're still in isekai mode, ladies and gentlemen. You know it. And what better way to dive more into the world of the isekai than with today's anime? Do I get to introduce it? You get to introduce the it. The Saga of Tanya the Evil. Bum, bum, bum. What do you do when your main character is a 10-year-old Nazi lolly? Well, after he's reborn. We, we, episode one, we're introduced to Tanya. This insane, insane... Is she a lieutenant at that point? I, I, she's, not a major yet, yeah. She's a 10-year-old. She is a 10-year-old. And does that, so... First off, first episode, a little bit of world building. We get, you know, one of those little blurbs where any relation to any entities, real or otherwise, is purely coincidental. And then they drop us straight into the middle of totally not Europe. With totally to not Europe. With totally not turn of the century Germany fighting totally not France and England, among other people. So it's totally not World War One. It's totally not World War One, except it's exactly World it, War One. Only, only one, one major difference. Mages. Mages. So, what if in your world you had magic? You weren't very good at integrating magic into everyday life, but boy, you could give them guns and you could give them tools to make them fly. Hello, military industrial complex. Boom. Now you have air cores composed not of airplanes with machine guns, but mages who can charge their bullets with wild amounts of magical energy. Just as effective as artillery. I would say, at some points, even more effective. Blast radius, I mean. Okay, blast radius, I sure. would say, arguably, oh, not even arguably, you're absolutely right, way more mobile, <laughs> way more scary. Well, and then I'm thinking of one shot in particular, and I think it's in, like, the second or third episode. I forget. But when she supercharges? When she supercharges. That's episode one. Oh, oh okay, they that is the first episode. Off, they start us off with a bang. Quite literally. <laughs> and so this whole thing is episode one, where they just do a massive amount of, like, drop you in the middle of the world. It, yeah, it's you have no idea what's going on. You're just like, oh, hey, it's World War One. 
Oh, and they have mages. And oh, they're flying, and they can project shields, and when they shoot things, it goes big boom. It's it's kind of beautiful. It's, it's great. It's kind of awesome. It's really great. Oh, and why is there a 10-year-old lolly flying around? She's really, really good at what she does. Oh, she's kind of, she's kind of mean. <laughs> she's, she's, no, she's evil. She's evil. She's not at no point during the series should you confuse our dear main character Tanya with someone who is actually a good person. She nope. is not. No. Nope. So, so just to sort of highlight that, it's like okay, like what do you mean she's bad? Well, she is a big stickler for rules. Tanya, yes. the entity who is now Tanya. Um, was all about rules, and you don't really get that until episode two. But there are two individuals under her command who decide to disobey orders and charge. I think it's like a trench in an artillery line. Yeah, and they go and they take out several artillery cannons, despite the fact that she directly ordered them not to and to stay in formation. And this leaves our main character sorely, sorely angry with these two. She almost kills them in the middle of their camp with her saber for disobeying orders. But, but instead, she does After the being same talked thing. down by her second in command. After being talked down, she does send them, uh, she demotes them. Yep. Sends them to essentially the, the back lines. That sends them to the back lines in a pillbox. In a pillbox. So, you know, a stationary bunker. Yep, because she's like, you guys aren't going to see any battle anymore. It's like, you, you want glory? Go find glory in the rear. Yeah, until what happens? So you know what can't dodge artillery particularly well? I don't think pillboxes are very mobile, Pillboxes are, are incredibly stationary. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and whose pillbox gets blown up? Uh, somewhat coincidentally, theirs. Ah, yes, just by matter of fact. Well, you know, like, who would have seen that coming? And so our dear second-in-command, I forget her name... But she, she's adorable. She's relatively naive, especially compared to our 10-year-old Tanya. Yes. Uh, she's like, oh, no, like those two soldiers that disobeyed orders. We just found out that they were fatalities in like a recent artillery attack. And then Tanya's just like, oh, yes, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> and she's like, did you know that they were going to get hit? And then Tanya says something to the effect of, well, you know, stationary targets are fairly easy for artillery to hit. And she just gets this crazed smile on her face, and they immediately cut to the credits. Yep. Oh my gosh! And it's like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. So so we're not we're not dealing. There's no lightheartedness here, folks. There's there's a lot of of cold calculation. A lot of just straight up, just I'm gonna blow your face off, war is hell type deal. So. Episode 2, Mike, what happens there? We get character building. So, episode 2, we do get the character building. We find out that Tanya, what what is her name now, used to be a gentleman who lived in Tokyo, uh, was an office man, you know, middle management type deal. Uh, we, we, figure, we, we figure out the backstory of who we know as Tanya, essentially. Uh, this man loved the rules. Uh, was very cold and calculating in everything he did. Um, we just happened to be with him that day, and he is—he's—he is running layoffs essentially for this company. Okay. His job is to fire people, and uh, again, to quote Wolverine, he's very good at what he does. <laughs> 
But what he does isn't very nice. <laughs> so so we catch him in the middle of firing someone. And, you know, he's just kind of going through this monologue of, like, why he does what he does. Why, like, uh, how, why he's good at it, yada yada, blah blah blah. Yes, we learn more about him. The, you know, the general pseudo-philosophical stuff you'd expect from someone who has far too much time on their hands. Yeah, and, and you, you know, he, he's kind of got a bit of a god complex. I no, <laughs> ironic, that. He, uh, yeah, very <laughs> ironic. Um, so, cut to, he's walking home, he's at the train station, he's just waiting for the train. As you uh, do. As you do, and Train Chan is pulling straight into the station, uh, and as Train Chan is pulling in main character gets pushed onto the tracks violently shoved out into thin air by the person he just fired yeah he wasn't very happy and so as he's going onto the tracks realizes that this is the end of his life and he's like this shouldn't be happening i shouldn't be here right now i have much more than i need to do and then all of a sudden time stops and who are we introduced to here but what Tanya, the main character, will refer to throughout the rest of the series as being X. Who everyone else refers to as God. Yep. So we may not have mentioned this, but our dear pre-train encounter Tanya is a staunch atheist. Does not believe in any higher power, has no type of faith outside of themselves oh but that Uh, higher power believes in him that oh that higher power very much so believes in him and so much to the point where when main character is about to die does not ask for repentance does not ask for help from the deity whatsoever so god or being x stops time and is like you're very curious you're about to die and yet you don't acknowledge my existence what's going on here and it's like as this is happening our main character is like who are you what are you this is weird why are you talking to me it's like why do i even care i'm gonna die i'm just gonna die and so the being x slash god is just like you know what fine i'm gonna give you another chance (laughs) i'm gonna give you an opportunity to gain faith i am going to resurrect you as another person in another world in the most vulnerable way possible. And you are going to learn to have faith in me. And, you know, meanwhile, main character is just like, yeah, whatever, do your worst, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, until gets wrecked, gets resurrected as Tanya. Yeah, and then time, the flow of time restores and wham, train, and his life is done on our world. His life is done on our world, but then he wakes up and he is Tanya. He is a newly born baby girl does he wake up as a baby girl i Uh, thought he he woke up as like tanya in an orphanage uh he so what was it i'm we see tanya when she's much 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 younger i don't know how old but i thought that we saw this version of tanya being handled like in like swaddling Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and then I, I they, and then they just kind of like fast forward a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so they fast forward. Tanya, you know, being brought very, very low, is born as a girl, an orphan girl. In well, is just, born as a girl, is orphaned almost immediately. Yeah. Well, yeah. She was like immediately relinquished to like a church orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more diff. Yeah, it's difficult to be more at risk than 
So so pretty much she is put into the situation where where being X would would believe that Tanya would gain faith. Right? Um but all the while she also retains her memories of her former life. Yep. Like so she knows like where she is and well not where she is, but she knows where she comes from and why she's there. <sighs> And so she goes about all this and ends up uh, being drafted by the military because she has a high... Uh, magical aptitude. High magical she, aptitude. She has exceptionally high magical aptitude. And uh, is brought into the... Uh, the, they're, the Empire, they're essentially the Germans. Yeah. Um, so definitely not the German Empire circa World War One. Yeah. And is, you know, uh, quickly rank, uh, quickly taken in, in as an officer. Yeah, she climbs the ranks extremely quickly. Uh, to she, the point where she is also uh, used as a mage to help with their experimental technology. She starts as a drill sergeant. Starts as a drill sergeant. Is too, like... Uh, she's too extreme. She's too extreme for of a the drill other sergeant, military officers. Which is hilarious. They actually have to pull her so off. So they pull her off. So what was it? The The next place they send her was to that northern engagement, right? Up against totally not Finland. Yeah. And totally not Denmark. Completely not Denmark. So what, so the next place that she goes is like up there. It's like okay, like you've moved up the ranks. They're like okay, she's like she's a decent officer. She's just too extreme for training. So we'll just deploy her now. Yeah. And so they go up, and what should just be you know flying patrols, practicing maneuvers, all that jazz, quickly devolves. Turns into an entire all-out just dogfights <clears throat> and battle. By herself. By herself. She's a lone reconnaissance pilot at this juncture because they're not expecting anything. At this point, totally not Germany is, uh, you know, like tensions are high with other people. And so she's flying combat patrols up on the northern border. Yep. When all of a sudden um, their dear neighbors have massive amounts of troops just wandering through the forests. No no reason for them to be there. Yeah, no, certainly no announced reason. And then an entire flight... Of military mages from this other nation. And what's Tanya to do? So it's like she she calls back and is like, there's all these people, I can't stay here. And they're like, engage in delaying actions. Kills them all. Yep, so our dear ten year old main character Tanya, who's never been in combat officially before, nope. certainly not as a, a combat aerial mage. Nope. Proceeds to destroy... Rain hell from above. Every single enemy mage, with the exception of, I think, the one guy who shows up later. Yeah, because she, she like, they have a flashback during the fight. Yeah, yeah. Ski Bro, she meet, runs into Ski Bro there. Literally, utterly decimates, what what would you say is, like, a few platoons... Plus a, a aerial squadron or whatever. She doesn't personally engage the ground crews. The ground crews are taken care of by artillery. Okay. Uh, and others. But she personally engages in the aerial. It's, it's it's like twenty five or thirty plus to one. Yep. Uh, in her first real combat experience. Yep. And so you know her just looking to climb the ladder engages in combat successfully beats all of them and falls to the ground unconscious. And she wakes up in a hospital and she's like, the paraphrasing in her mind, she's like, oh sweet, 
Like, I've been successful in combat. My superiors are going to be happy. I'm injured now. They're going to promote me to a cushy office job back in the capital. What could go wrong? Being X. Yep. God intervenes. It's like, I helped you out there in that battle. Surely you believe in me more now, right? Nope. That was all me. That was all Tanya. <laughs> well, then, we will go ahead and give you further opportunities to gain faith. And so what happens next? She is... Uh, she gets the medal, right? She gets the medal. Gets a big medal. But then isn't she... Uh, experimental. Yeah, yeah. She's transferred to the experimental unit, which is not going to see combat at all. Which is totally great, right? Yeah. But? Yeah, but they're testing a new uh, new type of... Uh, uh, magical flight core. Magical flight core, yeah. One of the biggest they've ever they've ever had. And, and guess what's not particularly stable? Hey, that magical flight core. Oh, guess what's prone to exploding? That magical flight core. Oh, no. So her country is essentially just trying to blow her up. So it's like, oh, yeah, she'll handle it. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. So, and then this in turn, like, it's at this point where Tanya and being X kind of come to an impasse. That where, where you know, being X slash God, like, like pretty much goes to Tanya while she's, like, I think she was, like, mid-test flight. Yeah, one of the various test flights after he had Deus Volted. <laughs> I love how just like Deus Volt, like all these different people are inspired. Certain things pop up in front of them. And yeah. there's just a little Deus Volt scrawled on there. And then they're like, oh. Yeah. And then more crazy things start happening to the well, yeah, Well, yeah. And it's like at this point, it was the scientist who was inspired. Yep. Or quote unquote inspired. I made a few changes. Go ahead, Tanya. While she's up in the air and the thing's about to explode. Yeah. And so as it's about to explode. This is where the the major deal is struck between Tanya and Being X. Like so, anytime like Being X will stabilize the core, will even grant her extraordinary extreme power through that core. The only stipulation is that every time she wants to use that, she has to pray to God. <laughs> The only way she can access that power is through prayer. She hates it. Oh my gosh, she hates it. It's so good. To the point where, like, there's only a couple times, like, I would say in in the rest of the season that she actually, like, taps in to the power. Like, we saw the first one in episode episode one. one. And then, like, there's maybe two or three other instances yep. where where they're just in, like, a Things dire situation. Things are so bad. Yeah. Like, like th- so I wouldn't say that Tanya's being taught a lesson at this point where she's just, like, backed into a corner in certain uh, situations to where she's like, okay, fine, I guess I'll get my burst of power by praying to being X, like... Oh my gosh! It's so funny. But it, the, just the 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 rapport, like like there's only a few times where 
Being X and Tanya are communicating. Yes. And just the lack of disdain that Being X has for Tanya. <laughs> like, it's just like, pray to me, darn it. Pray to me. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, dear child, you will be brought to understand in time. It, which I can just, I can just like picture, because, you know, obviously they don't give, they, they don't give Being X slash God like a, a material form. No. Right. Uh, the, I, I say he because it's a male voice that they give. Um, you know, he communicates, like, via Tanya's mind or through inanimate objects or through other people or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I, I can just I could just picture, like, if they gave this character a body, just, like, sitting there and, like, is maybe on a phone and then they're just so mad at Tanya, like, they, they break the phone in their hands or, or whatever. Just because the... So the writing of this of this anime is is beautiful in terms of the existential crisis that Tanya has with God being X. Uh, but then it's also it's also beautiful in terms of uh, a military story mm-hmm. like the just the um, the organization of everything. Uh, I would say the pompousness of the empire, uh, the cold calculation of the empire. Yep. Because uh, granted, we don't see much of the other uh, um, countries outside of skirmishes or stuff yeah, like we, that. Yeah, we see a little bit into the minds of totally not France. Totally not France. Um you know, like they all have like pseudo names. Yeah, we're just gonna call the them Empire, that. the Republic, whatever. Yeah. We're we're, we're, like we're just Entan- calling spades the spades. Entente Republic. Yeah, oh, the but, Entente! Ha ha! The Entente! And they go to Paris. Definitely not. Paris. Definitely not Paris. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny, uh, but they, you know, their portrayal of like military tactics of the time, like, is very interesting. I, know we, I feel like we were sort of talking about it. Their depiction of magic is like a touch within the world shoehorned, where it's yeah. like it's only being used in aerial combat applications, but it's still very cool. Well, well, and I think you and I actually had a separate conversation, too, where, uh, you know, we just noticed that normal life is is normal life. Like, it's very... Yeah, normal the, life is what we would expect. It is what century. we would expect for turn of the century, uh, our world. Yeah. Like, because there's, you know, it's just, it's very, uh, it's very early 1900s. Trains are around. Trains, radio, uh, there's very little in terms of automobiles, but there's horse horse and carriage, stuff like that. Um, The only way that magic is actually introduced into this world is through the military industrial complex. And it's only through those mage uh, squadrons. Like instead of you know biplanes or anything like that, which they still have. They have aircraft. They have them for like reconnaissance. Though. Yeah, they they use aircraft for reconnaissance, and they do have bombers, sort of. Yeah. Like there there are some countries which don't have as well developed magical programs. Yeah. Which will engage in like bombers. Yeah, and whereas you know the the empire or. Totally not Germany. Uh, strictly uses their magic for their mage squadrons, and you know to develop weapons. But that's really the extent of magic in uh, this universe. Yeah, um, it, it's a very interesting set piece. Like I just enjoy thematically. I think that World War One is a very interesting time. I do too. And, and so it's cool that they picked that 
Because it's like World War One doesn't get like at least in our day and age doesn't get touched as much. We see a couple things here and there. There's been a couple more things as of late. Yeah. Well. Well. 1917 came out recently. There's Battlefield One. Battlefield One. Yeah. Uh, but like Saga of Tanya the Evil was like pre these things. So it was, was pre like, these, and I I loved the way it did it. Yeah. Too. Absolutely. Because I I mean you know it didn't. Uh, it, it definitely came across like in terms of a digestible manner, like yes, war is hell, um, but here's here's a way of viewing it. Uh, Here are these hero stories. The they gave hero stories um, in quotation marks. Well, our here our heroes in terms of the main characters and stuff yeah, like that. our our hero who is not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know you get to know the squadron a bit. And yeah, like you get to uh, you get to see the. Uh, I, I would say like the inner workings of totally not Germany, uh, the hierarchy, yeah. and then the betrayal uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, and, no, I, I, the like you're saying the rapport within the aerial mage squadron that Tanya is like left to develop. Yeah, I think it's really cool because it's like there's like you know all these military men and her one first in command who's the only other like woman in the group. Yeah, you know all of these individuals are respecting this ten year old girl. Yeah. You know, she's sitting there more stern than any drill sergeant they've ever seen, more accomplished than most people they've met, and they all come to very deeply respect and also fear, very much fear, yeah. Tanya. Well, and then there's even portions where even the higher command, like, starts to fear her, too. Oh, my gosh. The one guy who, like, what, glasses guy. Glasses guy, yeah. He's, uh, like, kind of the intelligence officer. Yeah, who saw her back, you know, in the training school days. Well, he's the one who said she should be promoted to a uh, <laughs> officer. Who said she should both be promoted and watched very carefully <laughs> yes. because she's a psychopath. Well, yeah, and then it gets a point to later on in the series where... Uh, he's having a conversation with her and they're talking very frankly mm. and he finds out just how how deep her rooted evil kind of goes just out of the way that she believes that the Empire should be uh, pursuing retreating forces oh yeah it killed the routing soldiers and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like no, there's no need for a treaty. Just destroy them all and lay down the iron fist well, of the empire. In that particular case, like, like what she was talking about wasn't like that. Like she was referring to the people who were like the resistance force that's boarding onto the ship was. The oh, problem. yeah. Well, so I mean, just, so it wasn't like shooting routing forces they were already doing that yeah because like that was an interesting thing that we don't necessarily need to go super far into but like yeah the, like she's showing like this is no 10 year old this is someone with wisdom far w wisdom and intelligence far beyond what any 10 -year -old and that have. she should not have it's like the empire does not know how the empire has won the Empire does not know how to use a victory. Yeah. It was, that whole, it was a very interesting conversation. It, it was a very interesting conversation, and you can tell, like, he is shaken yeah. by it, like, to a point that is is very, very interesting. And it's just, the, there's so many points in that show where, where you're just like, this is really cool, or this is really dark, or this is, like, scary, or just, like, there's so many different emotions. It's got great fight scenes, too. Oh, oh beautiful fight scenes. <laughs> oh, the... The, the the fight scenes and and I agree with you I think the setting is a very interesting setting like turn of the century World War one like 
I never would have thought of that for an isekai because, I mean, you know, normal. Uh, actually, that should be said. Yes, this is an isekai again because I feel like we haven't been talking yeah. about an isekai. It, it's just really, really good. You know, like we're here with isekai period of time. Yeah. You know, and it's just like they did such a great job with it. Uh, I, I mean, I honestly don't know what more we should say except watch it. Watch it. it uh, right now, there's only one season. Yeah, it's 12 episodes. It, it, um, I mean, it leaves it open for more. Yeah, leading up to totally not World War II. Exactly. Uh, don't know if we're getting more. Nothing's been said for now. Characters but alive and well in Isekai Quartet. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, the characters alive in Isekai Quartet, so that, that says something. Yeah, so right? like the, the franchise is still on someone's radar. Yeah. But watch it. Hey, who you like war? Uh, you like magical, magical bullets. We all like magical. Uh, I bullets. love magical bullets, but mm. but yeah, I I gosh, I can't say anything more about it uh, oh, without good. ruining uh, a lot of it for people. I guess watch it. That's an order. Yeah, aye aye, Captain. <laughs> or or you know. Uh, if you want, like, a little 10-year-old lolly who's secretly a 40-year-old man coming and barking orders at you. <laughs> well, which I'm sure someone might want that somewhere. No. I'm, I'm not going to judge. Either way, if you see that coming at you, it'll leave you saying, Nani? <laughs> but really, though. For real. Uh, thanks, everyone. We will catch you in the next one.